0: Welcome to the Condovultures.com podcast with your host, Peter Zalewski, a Miami real estate broker, Wall Street consultant, and expert witness. This podcast is focused on identifying real estate buying opportunities in the South Florida condo market Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. The Condovultures.com podcast is not authorized by the South Florida real estate industry and will most likely annoy many of the region's talking heads. This podcast will feature straight talk and salty language that could be offensive to some. Please remember that part oh, it, go, past investment success does not determine future gains, especially in the South Florida's volatile condo market. For more information, please visit condovultures.com.
1: Welcome to the Miami Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Slusky from Condo Vultures. Condo Vultures is a consultancy. It focuses on condos located in the Tri-County, South Florida area of Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties. We basically pull data. We uh, run the data. We look for trends. We also look for opportunities, uh, arbitrage, if you will, located within uh, particular buildings or just different scenarios. So we also do brokerage. Um, uh, if you're out there looking for a condo to purchase, uh, maybe somebody here at County Vultures can help you out to uh, purchase one of these properties using some of the data we use or collect over on the consultancy side of the business. So. Tuned into this podcast, you are here for the condo market analysis. It is a weekly update that we do of various uh, sub markets located in Tri-County, South Florida area for this particular week. We're going to be focusing on near end 2022 data for Miami-Dade County. If you're unfamiliar with South Florida, let me give you a real quick uh, lay of the landscape. It basically, you have South Florida uh, comprised of three counties, Miami-Dade, County to the South. Miami-Dade County has cities such as Miami Beach, City of Miami, Aventura, Coconut Grove, Coral Gables places like that. The county in the middle of the Tri-County region is going to be Broward County. Broward County is home to places such as Hollywood, Hallandale, Fort Lauderdale, as well as Pompano Beach. And then finally, Palm Beach County, the northern county is going to be, um, include cities like Boca Raton, cities like Delray Beach, West Palm Beach, as well as Jupiter and Tequesta. So what we'll be doing for this particular podcast is looking at condominiums in Miami-Dade County, luxury condos in Miami-Dade County, um distressed condos in miami-dade county and then finally we'll be looking at the rental market in miami-dade county at the end of the podcast you should have a real good sense of what's actually going on in the marketplace a couple of rules of engagement um, before we take our first commercial break and then begin our first segment uh focusing on condominiums a couple of things to keep in mind all the data we're collecting is going to be coming from the multiple listing service multiple listing service is a database it is a database that's made available to members of a club which is called the realtors association how do you become a member of the Realtor Association? It's simple. You get a real estate license. Once you have the license then you go to the Realtor Association, you apply, you pay a fee, uh, over a thousand dollars a year, and therefore you're able to tap into this multiple listing service. How do you use the multiple listing service if you are a realtor? Well, basically any listing you get, uh, where you're going to represent somebody to sell their property. Basically you're able to put your information into the MLS and that's how people find properties. It's also a great way. If you are a broker working on the buy side and or the renter side to identify situations and opportunities that might be out in the marketplace. So a lot of realtors uh, will use this MLS basically as a way to track what's going on in the marketplace. However, it does not represent all of the properties that are trading and all those uh, rentals that are being done. Why is that? Simply because a commission has to be offered in order for a property to be put in a multiple listing service. So if there's no commission. Uh, offered the property does not go into the MLS. Now, what are some examples of properties that will not be in the MLS? Well, they include everything from for sales by owner also include those, um, uh, those buyers and those sellers who are doing transactions based on signs you see on the, um, side of the interstate, or maybe when you pull off, uh, an exit ramp from the interstate where it says we buy ugly houses, those will not be in the MLS for the most part. Another example of properties that won't be in the MLS are gonna be the corporate rentals. These would be the large uh, towers or complexes with 100, 200, 300, 400 units. Um, because these owners don't want to pay a commission, and typically the rental commission in South Florida uh, for a realtor representing a rental tower is going to be 10% of the gross annual rent. It'll be divvied up between the realtor representing the tenant or the renter and the um, landlord. So, as a result of that, if you are a corporate owner, you own 100, 200, 300, 400 units. Are you really going to want to pay 10% annually of your gross uh, rent out to a realtor in order to do that job? And the answer is no. So how do these landlords typically get around it? They typically hire one or two, maybe three people. They put them inside their leasing office. They pay them 30 to 60 grand. And these people process all the paperwork. And as a result of that, the rental information that comes out um, is only going to reflect the MLS. And it's not made up of the entire marketplace. This is the uh, year-end wrap-up. Right now, we're in February. We're uh, going over the data. It came out as of December. Why did we take a little uh, while or why was there a lag time? Simple. The MLS is comprised of information that's input by members of the Realtor Association. As a result of that, not all uh, information is entered in real time. Therefore, we give some time for all the information to be added. And ultimately, when we get to the data, we're chances are we're going to get pretty close to being complete in terms of all of our information. So, 2022 information is what we will deal with. That is January through December. A couple other tidbits or rules of engagement. Um, if you have any comments for us, please feel free to send an email to inquire at condovultures.com. That's i n q u i r y at condovultures.com. And also too, if you're listening to this podcast on a traditional platform, such as Apple, such as Google, such as Anchor, you now have the capability and the opportunity to actually watch the video. We, um, are recording this podcast and all our podcasts, we're recording them with the video. And therefore, if you want to watch the video, you can go to any kind of platform that permits and provides for videos, such as Spotify. We also have a YouTube channel. The um, handle is Hondo Vultures TV. the Vultures TV. If you want to uh, get your hands on any of the data that we're referring to, any of the charts that um, we use in order to put together um, uh, this broadcast, if you will, it's uh, you have a couple different options. One, you can look in the description on the podcast. All of the information, all the charts that we're referring to. All of them um, will, there'll be links to all of the charts in the description of this particular podcast. Another option is to go to condovulturesrealty.com, condovulturesrealty.com. When you get there, look for market intelligence, click on that, and you'll see all of the charts. We're posting all the charts um, from podcasts that we've done in the past, as well as um, our plan is to post them also when we go forward. And then finally, if you're actually watching this podcast, um, the charts will be embedded into the video. So... It'll be right there up on the screen as you watch it. uh, All the numbers are sort of referred to. So let's go ahead. We'll take our first commercial break. The other side of the break, we're going to get into the condo market in Miami-Dade County for 2022. It's a simple formula and it works. Buy low, sell high. We're Condo Vultures. And when it comes to your real estate, we help you buy low. At Condo Vultures, we represent the buyer. And now's the time to buy. Log on to condovultures.com for more information. Condovultures.com. And remember, before you sell high, you have to buy low. Featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, 60 Minutes, and Time Magazine, Condo Vultures Realty, a licensed Florida real estate brokerage capitalizing on the condo correction since 2006. Welcome back to the Mighty Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zeluski from Condo Vultures. For this segment, we're going to focus on all the condos that traded in Miami-Dade County in 2022, again, January through December. So what do we got going on in Miami-Dade County's condo market? Right now, there's just under 5,950 condos for sale, 5,950 are for sale. The average asking price for these condos, about $1.5 million a unit or a door, $1.5 million a door. And the asking price is seven ninety two dollars a square foot, $7.92 a square foot. Now, when you talk about condos, uh, this is something that I harp on over and over and over. If you watched any of our previous podcasts, you've heard me say it before. When you're dealing with condos, you're dealing with a commodity. When you're dealing with single family houses, you are dealing with a work of art. What do I mean by this and why is this important? Well, it's important because when you're looking at condos, focus on price per square foot. Do not focus on price per door, or price per unit. Why is that? Well, you can be misled in terms of buying a unit based on a price per door versus a price per square foot. How is that and why is that? Similar to when you're buying gasoline, if you pull up that intersection, there's four gas stations at that intersection, chances are you're going to go for the cheapest price per gallon unless you have some sort of uh, affiliation or affinity for a particular brand or you're in some sort of rewards program. Chances are you're simply buying the gasoline to be able to put in your car and drive away. You ought to look at condos the same way. Condos, when you get into a building, for the most part, all of the layouts in a particular line will be the same. For instance, if there are 10 units on a floor in a condo building, uh, a zero one line, a zero two line, a zero three line, a zero four line, yada, yada, yada. What you will find is all of the zero one lines will have the same layout from the first floor to the 12th floor, to the 30th floor, to the 50th floor. They're all pretty much laid out the same. The only exception will be as you get higher in a building, there might be taller ceilings, uh, because these are designated as penthouses. Other than that, layout's all the same. The material's all the same. It's all for the most part, the same. So you get into a condominium, it's very easy to calculate what exactly is going on. The only difference is going to be is the height of the view. For instance, maybe if you're on the fifth floor, you're not going to overlook the building that's right next door to you, while if you're on the 30th floor, you will overlook it, and therefore, there's going to have to be some sort of adjustment in value. Typically, when we're advising developers who are building new construction, we tell them to offer a premium or ask for a premium of five dollars to $15,000 per floor as you go up and to, to discount the unit by five or $50,000 as you go down. So it's very easy to calculate what things should trade for in a Tando, at least on the pre-construction side, once the tower is um, uh, being sold and it's not yet completed. Once the tower comes out of line, then typically what you find is the units will trade price per square foot in any kind of over-improvements that maybe an owner will put into the place, thinking that if they overspend, they they make this place fantastic. They're going to get much more of a premium on the way out when they sell the property. What we find typically is that these people who have overimproved their units, unless they just hit the market be extremely uh, accurate in terms of the timing, chances are they're lucky to get back the money that they sort of put into it. So at the end of the day, a condo would be considered a commodity, especially down here in South Florida, which is um, I refer to it as a large trading pit, like back in the day in Wall Street when people, rather than high frequency trading, when you you know you you purchase stocks using your your uh, smartphone. Uh, basically, you put it in order nowadays, and you're able to have it executed relatively relatively quickly. Back in the day, you'd have to call up a broker. Broker would put a, a call into the floor. The floor would put a call. In. It would uh, uh, make an order to the runner. The runner would then take it to the pit. And people were yelling. You you've seen it all with you know hands out. I'm selling. Hands out. I'm buying. None of that. It's just anymore today. Now it is all not on uh, the iPhone. And because it's done on the Android or the iPhone. It's very easy to price things out relatively easily. And that's the way you ought to look at condos. And that's really what South Florida is from a condo perspective, especially if you're in coastal properties. People are simply buying and selling these things uh, uh, as investments or as speculation. Now let's contrast that to what you see going on single-family house. Single-family house, there's going to be a bunch of variables. For instance, what is the shape of a lot? How big is a lot? Where is a lot located? What is the access to the entrance? What's the access to the exit? Is there something that's been grandfathered in that's going to impact the property? What are the trees like? Are they desirable trees? Um, is, is there a flooding issue? How many stories is the house? Um, the square footage of the house? Uh, what kind of materials are we using the house? None of those factor in when you're buying a condo because effectively all the layouts per unit in a particular line will be the same throughout with slight uh, variation. So as a result, when you look at condos, but it's only a price per square foot and discount the whole price per door concept, it doesn't really factor in when you're in a very volatile market, especially like the South Florida condo market. So, the average asking price for a condo per square foot in Miami-Dade County is 792 a foot, 792 per square foot. And the days on the market for those units trying to uh, sell right now, or the sellers trying to unload their units right now, 136 days in county, 136 days in counting Keep in mind, if these units were to go under contract, they would be deemed pending sales, and then it typically would take 30 to 60 days to get all the paperwork done and have the thing. Finance, the financing be involved. So 136 days counting is currently what the average number of days is for those townhomes that are available today. I mentioned pending sales. These are units that were listed for sale, they're now under contract. 1,200 units are currently pending. 1,200 currently pending. miami day County average asking price for those units that went pending: $816,535 per door on average. 816,535 on average per unit, price per square foot, average asking. Five twenty a foot when they went into the contract. Five twenty a foot and days on market. Seventy one days in on the market. Seventy one days in on the market. So you can see the condos that are appropriately priced, they're going to go on contract. The ones that aren't appropriately priced, they're simply going to languish on the market or linger on the market. So what do we have for close sales in twenty twenty two, January through December? Seventeen thousand three hundred condos traded by McAdie County. Seventeen thousand three hundred condos traded. Average price per door is seven hundred sixty five thousand one hundred dollars a door. Seven six five. 100 per door was the average transaction price and the average price for square foot, $509 a square foot, 509 a square foot in 2022. And how many days did it take for a property to be listed? To go under contract and close in 2022 in Miami-Dade County, 95 days, 95 days. Now, days on market is a great telltale sign. It's a scenario in a coal mine as to what's going on in the marketplace in terms of sentiment, the, it, when, when you get run into a situation like we have in Miami-Dade County right now in 2022. It took 95 days for the property to go through the entire process. Right now, at the peak of the winter season, you're looking at 136 days that these properties are on the market. Plus, as mentioned, if they were to go under contract, they're not going to close immediately, so that these number of days are going to be added on. So, what that means is there's a dislocation, there's a some sort of a disagreement going on between what a seller thinks the property is worth and what a buyer ultimately is willing to pay for these properties, or is the buyer even willing to pay for these particular condos? so days on market is a great indicator as to what the sentiment is another good indicator to get a handle on what's going on in the marketplace is look at the spread between what the average asking price is for a condo and what the average transaction price is now generally speaking as the market's going up you're going to have sellers who are trying to add a premium get new record highs if you will and try to achieve you know the the highest and best price possible so what we typically find is when The spread or the premium that a seller is seeking to try to push up the price, typically when it's somewhere in the ballpark of 20% or more than the average, you'll get some activity and the activity will come from buyers who are going to submit offers, try to get that seller to back down a little bit. It's a little bit of fat that's built into it for negotiation purposes. Now, when that figure, that spread is greater than 20%. We typically say that it's a market where the seller is way too optimistic and the buyer is probably not going to take a shot at it. And if they do, they're going to lowball the hell out of it hoping that they might get lucky for some uh, uh, who knows what reason. So 20% is typically what you look for when you're going to make an offer, because that suggests that the seller might be willing to do a deal. Now, what does a deal typically get done? Well, based on the experience we've had, and I've been doing this since, more uh, well, full-time since 2006. Part of that, I wrote about it for 13 years uh, down in the Miami area. Typically, what you find is when that difference is about 8 to 12% difference, then you tend to get some sort of deal done. That's That's when you tend to get some activity. So, what do we got going in terms of the average asking price per door and the average transaction price per door in Miami-Dade County? We got about a ninety-three percent spread. Ninety-three percent spread, as mentioned, one point five million dollars per door is the average ask, the average price uh, per door that units traded for a, in twenty twenty-two. Seven hundred sixty-five thousand 765100 So you can see, price per door basis, that the sellers are completely, uh, completely out of whack with what the buyers ultimately are probably willing to pay, and that I would argue is what's contributing to the. The number of days on a market, which is growing and growing, and growing. What about price per square foot? What's the difference there? Looking at fifty-six percent difference, fifty-six percent spread. Again, this average asking price seven ninety-two a foot, where the average transaction price in twenty twenty-two was five hundred nine a foot. So, until that difference, that spread gets squeezed, chances are you're going to see these see these properties languishing and sitting on the market longer, longer, long, longer, ultimate uh, Now. Some sellers might make the case that the reason that they're sitting on the market so long and they're not willing like to budge as of yet is that we're still in the winter buying season. It goes from November up until uh, April or so, We're right now in February, and as a result, maybe some of these sellers think that, okay, they're gonna give another month or so, and then they'll cut prices, try to get somebody. They don't wanna simply sell uh, and leave money on the table as the saying goes. So that might be something to consider, but right now the indications are sellers are way too optimistic in terms of what they're seeking. Uh, in terms of the pricing and buyers not willing to pull the trigger for a variety of different reasons. Could be the rising interest rates. It could be the fact that the Federal Reserve continues to raise rates. It could be the issue related to inflation. It could be mortgage rates. It could be the layoffs that are coming to a whole variety of different factors. But basically properties are not moving like they did in 2022. Now, how many condos move per month in my county? out to an average of 1443 1443 how did i come up with that number i took the total number of sales which is 17 divided by 12 that's how i came up with my 1443 now in terms of months of supply if i take the average number of monthly units which is 1443 i divided what's currently on the market which is uh 5900 just over that i'm going to come up with 4.1 months of supply 4.1 months of supply now what does that 4.1 months of supply mean It means that we are currently in a seller's market for condo, a seller's market. How do you uh, differentiate a seller's market from a buyer's market versus equilibrium? Well, the rule of thumb is six months. Six months suggests when the market is at equilibrium, when there's less than six months of supply, typically the buyer has nothing to choose for and therefore sellers should be able to get a higher price. When there's more than six months, it typically suggests that we are in a buyer's market where buyers got plenty to choose from and they can start lowballing and see which seller will basically cut bait soonest. And this way, the buyers can sort of pick them off. So, looking at strictly the months of supply number, which again is 4.1, that suggests it is a seller's market for condos in Miami Dade County. However, if I look at days on market and I look at the spread at the premium or the spread between the premium and the average transaction price, this would suggest that we are at the peak of pricing. And chances are we're going to see a pullback and a, and a decrease as we go forward, especially getting into the hot and humid hurricane season, which uh, really ramps up. Um, uh, begins in May, it really ramps up in and around August and September. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a commercial break. Other side break. We're going to get the luxury condos in Miami-Dade County. Listen to the feeders. let list give the condo Church podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and I wanted to alert you that if you uh, have a property that you're looking to sell in the tri County, South Florida area, I would encourage you to reach out to Jenny Cortez, a licensed real estate broker with com. She's my partner. She's been in the business for uh, north of 15 years. More importantly, she knows the market, she knows how to get that deal done. And she also realizes that it's more important to get a price that you can accept and sell the property rather than to hold from on some price that's never going to be achieved and ultimately languish on the market. So if you're looking to do do a deal that you want a skilled expert who can help you sell a property, reach out to Jenny Hort at 305-865-5859 305-865-5859 or visit her website TVR Realty. Com. Welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalucy from Condo Vultures. For this segment, we're going to talk about luxury condos. If you spend any time in South Florida, if you live here, or if you visit, or if uh, you plan to visit, one of the things you're going to hear, a term you're going to hear over and over and over again is luxury. You will hear luxury apply to booze uh, at a nightclub. You will hear it apply to art at an arts festival. You're also going to hear it apply to condos. Uh, if you're looking to purchase a condo, everything is supposedly luxurious. The problem is how do you define luxury? And is that definition, is it the same for everybody? And I would argue to you that it's not. As a result of that, we rely on data. We pull data up in, in order to get a guess or to get an estimate as to what's going on in the marketplace. We had to come up with an arbitrary number in order to uh, differentiate luxury from something which is standard. So the number we, we use is a million dollars. So anything that is seven figures or more from a listing or a sales price, we're gonna deem it to be luxurious. Anything that is less than a million dollars, for instance, will not be luxurious based on how we're collecting data. So this particular segment is going to deal with luxury, again, which will be properties, a million dollars or more. So what's going on in the luxury market in Miami-Dade County? Currently 1,900 luxury condos for sale, 1,900 luxury condos for sale. Average asking price per door, $3.5 million a door, $3.5 million a door. Price per square foot, $1,360 a foot. $1,360 a foot for a luxury condo in Miami-Dade County is the ask. In days on market, these condos have been sitting there 173 days in counting, 173 days in counting, keeping in mind 30 days in a month. Now, pending sales, 170 luxury condos are pending, 170 are pending, average ass, $3.5 billion a door, $3.5 million a door, virtually the same as the asking price, which should be insightful to you because it suggests that maybe we're seeing a little bit of a pullback on behalf of sellers in terms of what they're seeking, Average asking price per square foot for a luxury condo that's under contract: thirteen thirty-one a foot. Thirteen thirty-one a foot. And days on market for luxury condos that are under contract: one hundred thirteen days. One one three. Now in twenty twenty-two, luxury condos there were twenty-five hundred that traded Miami-Dade County. Twenty-five hundred that traded. They traded an average uh, price of two point six million dollars a door. Two point six million dollars a door. Or one thousand ninety-five bucks a square foot. One thousand ninety-five dollars per square foot. And it took 113 days for these luxury condos to trade in Miami-Dade County, 113. One, now, again, days on market, great indicator where the sentiment is from seller perspective as well as a buyer perspective. Well, if you remember, I said 173 days is how long luxury condos have been sitting on the market in Miami-Dade County on average. Compare that to 2022 when it took a luxury condo 113 days to close. So it was listed, it went pending, and it closed in 113 days. Again, another disconnect between what the seller thinks the condo's worth and what the buyers are willing to pay for whatever reason. Now what about the spread and the premium uh between the average asking price and the average price that sellers are seeking. Again, it should be in a ballpark of about 20% if you want to generate offers and ultimately a deal should get done somewhere in the vicinity of eight, 12% ballpark figure. How do we come up with the 12%? It's basically splitting the difference of the 20% premium that today's seller would want over what the what the typical prices if prices are headed upward. So we got a thirty five percent spread price um, per door uh, when you're looking at the average asking price versus the average transaction price is 2022. Thirty five percent, where it should be south of twenty percent. What is the price per square foot? Twenty four percent, only twenty four percent. So you can see uh, the pricing; it's, it's not really that much out of whack. So that would suggest that maybe we're seeing some sellers. Who are come to the realization that if they are going to sell these condos, maybe they need to have some sort of flexibility. So 24% spread, where again, 20% is ideally when you're going to probably solicit an offer. I would bet, because we're in February when we're recording this, I would bet it, by the time we get a month from now in late March, you're probably going to see that 24% spread start to contract. That we be probably somewhere in the teens, somewhere in the teens. That should be a way to generate some offers and ultimately get a deal done uh, per se. If buyers feel as if it's the right time and they're not going after and not trying to catch up all the nuts. Now, how many luxury condos traded per month in Miami-Dade County in 2022? Came out to 209, 209 luxury condos traded per month in Miami-Dade County. how did I come up with that? Well, I took the 2,500 condos, luxury condos that traded 2022, divided by the 12 months of the year, and that's how I came up with my 209 per month. Now, how many uh, months of supply are there? Well, currently we're looking at 9.1 months of supply, 9.1 months of supply. How do I come up with that? we got 1,900 condo luxury condos for sale. You got an average uh, transaction pace of 209. That's how I come up with my nine months of supply. Now, six months is equilibrium. Remember I said that anything less than six months means the seller has the advantage because there's nothing to choose from. Well, we have a situation here where the buyer has the advantage because there's too much to choose from. Therefore, the negotiating power that the buyer has should be tremendous compared to maybe where it was a year ago when people were still in the heart of a pandemic and they were still feeling as if, you know, they could live wherever they wanted and they could work wherever they wanted. This was before corporations started calling back employees, telling them, listen, you need to come in the office uh, three days a week, typically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Some of them making people go, employees go in four days a week. And for the most part, it seems like uh, the, the fifth day of the week is probably not gonna happen. It'll probably be some sort of hybrid. Many people have said Monday through Thursday, people will be in the office and Friday they'll be off. Well, that makes it a little bit more difficult if you have to fly up every week. If you're living in Miami and you hit South Beach, you have to fly up to New York City to do your job. Not everybody's going to necessarily go for that. So this might be contributing to some of the oversupply, if you will, of luxury condos that are currently in the market. So it's something to sort of keep in mind. Now, I will tell you, luxury brokers are very um, unique. Let's use the word unique. um, And again, luxury. What is luxury? So what a luxury broker will typically tell you as well, you know, people who have a luxury unit and they're selling it, they have more money than God. They don't need to sell. Uh, they can ride it out till they get the right price. This is typically what a luxury broker will say. And when you ask them about a situation like this, where there's 9.1 months of supply and equilibrium six months, many of them will tell you, well, luxury condos take longer to sell. Therefore you cannot use the rule of thumb of six months being equilibrium. You need to uh, double it or triple it. So. Many luxury brokers will take you tell you that 12 months is actually equilibrium for luxury condos, and 18 months is also the high end of the scale in terms of what equilibrium is. So, um, go and you know listen to whoever you want, but generally speaking, rule of thumb is six months. Anything else like that is pretty much embellishment on behalf of listing brokers. Who remember they eat what they kill. They make money based on selling a property, and the higher the price, the more money they're going to make. So. We'll go ahead. We'll take a commercial break. On the side of break, we're going to get into the distress mark in Miami-Dade County. This is Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Before I started doing these podcasts, i was in the business of being a licensed real estate broker, a contributing columnist for the Miami Herald, as well as the Miami Real Deal, but also extra witness work in consulting. So if you are looking for an expert witness, or if you're looking for consulting services, a straight talk perspective as to what's going on in a particular marketplace a building or the, what happened previously for whatever your situation is, whether you are an attorney, whether you are a institutional fund looking to invest, or whether you're a lender who's trying to come up with some sort of a strategy and approach for your lending committee going forward. I just want to be able to help you to get a hold of me. Please reach out to Peter at condovultures.com. That's Peter at condovultures.com or give me a call to the office at 305-865-5859, 305-865. Five, eight, five, nine. Welcome back to my Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host Peter Lucy from Condo Vultures. I want to remind you if you are listening to this podcast on a traditional platform such as Apple, Google, Anchor, you have the ability to watch this podcast simply go to any platform that provides for videos, such as Spotify or you can go old school like YouTube our handle is Condo Vulture TV. Um, all the stats we're referring to, they're all embedded into the video. If you want to pull your own your own uh, copy of the stats while you're listening to this podcast, You can go to the description of this particular uh, podcast uh, down below, uh, wherever you listen to the podcast. You can also go to condovulturesrealty.com, condovulturesrealty.com, click on the market intelligence prompt. There you'll get all of the the data, if you will. So let's go ahead for this particular segment. Let's get into the distressed condos. Distressed condos, generally speaking, are going to break down into two categories. You will have the preemptive attempt at uh, distress uh, in terms of a seller trying to get out, and then you'll have the reactionary uh, way that sellers get out on their properties and that's ultimately foreclosure. so what do we got going on well on a short sale side this is typically a borrower who is also the owner who's trying to unload their condo or their property at a price which will come up short of repaying their mortgage or their loan short of repaying their mortgage alone i.e short sale and why would a bank agree to release the borrower for an amount that's less than what they're ultimately owed why would a bank uh consider even doing it some banks uh, opt to do this because a foreclosure process in florida can take anywhere from 9 to 12 months possibly longer depending on what kind of legal representation uh somebody losing the property might have so as a result some banks uh prefer to um just streamline the process not miss out on the uh, mortgage payments as well as pay up to pay the legal fees in order to go through and get a property back for non-payment or for whatever reason Another factor to consider is um during in a great recession when uh number of foreclosures was huge. Many of the sellers, what they did is they realized they were losing everything they had in a particular property. So what they would typically do is they would try to rip out the cabinetry. They would they would sell off the refrigerators. They would take the stoves. They'd take anything and everything they could because on the way out, that's all they were gonna have. And most likely once property went bad, the, the bank was probably gonna turn around and try to sue them personally for any kind of money that wasn't collected as a result of a foreclosure sale. So a short sale is a preemptive attempt by a borrower who needs to sell a property, cannot repay the the bank um, all of the money that was borrowed and ultimately try to make it whole in the best circumstance uh, that they can. Now, the the reactionary approach to a short sale is ultimately going to be a REO, a real estate owned, a bank owned, or a foreclosure, all one in the same. REO, real estate owned, bank owned, and or foreclosure. This is a unit or a property that's gone through the court the, system. The bank has funded the foreclosure. The Bank ultimately will end up with the title to the property as well as the keys. And now the bank's gonna turn around and try to sell that property off to recoup some of the money that was lost as well as the fees that were invested. And once that property sold off, then the bank will typically sue the borrower to try to collect on anything uh, that was not paid off based on the foreclosure sale. So you got short sale on the front side, you got uh, REO, real estate owned, bank owned foreclosure, all on the uh, the other side of the court proceeding. So what's going on in the distressed market in Miami-Dade County currently? Currently you have about 23 distressed units on the market, 23 distressed condoms on the market. You have another 36 that are pending, another 36 that are pending. And then in 2022, you had 189 that traded, 199 that traded. If I take the 189 that traded in 2022, I divide it by the 12 months in the year. I'm going to come up with just under 16 distressed condos trading per month in Miami-Dade County, 16 uh, units trading per month in Miami-Dade County. If I take the 16 down and traded per month, I divided what's currently in the market, which is 23. I will come up with 1.5 months supply, 1.5 months supply. As mentioned, six months is equilibrium. So 1.5 months supply suggests it is a seller's market for distressed condos in Miami-Dade County. And this should not be a surprise why is any bank that's trying to unload product um, units that it had to foreclose and take back. If the banks were to dump everything at one time, basically they would flood the market and prices would go down. So therefore what many banks do and lenders will do is they will simply sell the product slowly and piecemeal and try to get the highest possible price before they have to turn around and sue the borrower for whatever the, uh, the money comes up short on. Now we're gonna break it down into short sales. Now we're gonna break it down in the REOs to give you an idea what's exactly going on in terms of um, uh, activity, as well as pricing. So we'll start off with the short sales of Miami-Dade County. Short sales, currently three are on the market today. Three units are on the short sales are on the market today. Average listing price, $604,335 a door, 604,335 per door. Average price per square foot, 479 a foot, 479 a foot for a short sale in Miami-Dade County. And those short sales have been on the market 96 days, 96 days. Um, pending sales, 15 pending short sales. In Miami-Dade County, fifteen pending short sales. Average or the average price at these units one of the contract, two hundred forty three thousand two hundred fifty bucks a door. Two four three two five zero per door. Average price per square foot, two twenty six a foot. Two twenty six a foot. So you can see if you had the patience to play out the short sale. And remember, the the borrower has to go through the process of the bank. The bank has to sign off on it. Ultimately, a short sale will close. But if you are successful in purchasing a short sale. You're looking at the average pending sales price, asked 226 a foot, which is uh, far below what we were talking about earlier on in this particular podcast. And then uh, short sales, what's the average number of pending day or average number of days on the market for a pending sale? 54, 54 short sales. Now, in terms of 54 days for short sales. Now, what about closed short sales in 2022 in Miami-Dade County? You had 36 transact, 36 transact. Average uh, transaction price, 240,120 a door, 240. One two zero per door. Again, real attractive price. What about price per square foot for one of these short sales? Two forty six a foot. Two forty six a foot in twenty twenty two. And how long did it take for a short sale in twenty twenty two? Eighty one days. Eighty one days. Again, telltale sign of what's going on in the marketplace. So there were eighty one days for a short sale in Miami date County in twenty twenty two. Those short sales are on the market today—they've been there ninety six days. Ninety six days. But remember, pricing plays a critical point. So what is going on in terms of pricing for a short sale? What's the average ask? versus the average transaction price. Well, the average ask has mentioned $604,335 per door versus $240, 120 a door. That's about 152% spread, 152 spread. Therefore, that's why these short sales are still sitting on the mark. The spread is just way too high, probably for some investors. Now, what about price per square foot? Because that's ultimately what's much more important when you're talking about condos. Average ask price for a short sale in miami County, $479 a foot versus the 246 a foot that they traded for in 2022, that's about a 95% spread, 95% spread. So there again, you can see why the short sales that are on the market today, they've already surpassed the ever number of days that a short sale took to trade in 2022. Now, what about the short sales? How many traded per month in uh, Miami-Dade County in 2022? Looking at about three units a month, three units a month, how did I come up with that? I took the 36 units that traded, divided by the 12 months of the year, I come up with my three, my sales space of three units per month i currently divide that into what's on the market which is three i come up with one month of supply one month slide which suggests it is a seller's market for short sales um but again the premium being sought and the days on the market um uh currently suggests that this is not a strong market for short sales right now given the fact that we're at the peak of the winter buying season in south florida now Let's transition over to REOs, which is also real estate owned, which is also uh, bank owned, which is also foreclosure. All one of the same. Currently, twenty REOs are on the market in Miami Dade County. Twenty REOs on the market in Miami Dade County. Average asking price: four hundred fifty-one thousand one hundred dollars a door. Four five one one hundred per door. Average price per square foot: four fifty-six a foot. Four fifty-six a foot for a Miami Dade County REO on the market today. And those units that are on the market, they've been there thirty-nine days. Thirty-nine days. What about pending sales? 21 REOs are pending. Miami Dade County, 21 are pending. Average um, asking price when the units went pending, 265,650 at door, 265,650 per door when they went pending. What about price per square foot? 330 a foot. Interesting. 330 a foot. Days on market, 47 days on the market. 47 days on the market. So if you look at the pending sale days on market, 47. And then you look at the average number of days on the market for those that are active. It would suggest to you that those units that are currently active, they, if they are going to go under contract, they should do it at roughly in the next uh, uh, 10 days or so. Now, what about the transactions that closed in ISREOs uh, in Miami-Dade County in 2022? We had 153 transactions, 153. Average transaction price, $367,900 a door, $367,900 per door. Price per square foot, $299 a foot. We're talking south of 300 bucks a foot now for a condo in Miami-Dade County in 2022. Um, that's a very interesting price. And then days on market for uh, one of the REOs that traded in 2022, 31 days only, only 31 days. So again, canary and coal mine days on market, 31 days of what it's what it took for an REO to trade in Miami-Dade County in 2022. Those that are on the market today, they've been there 39 days and counting. Now, what about the spreads of premium? Well, on a price per door basis, there's only about a 23% spread, 23% spread. Remember, 20% is typically what you're going to generate some offers. So the average ask was 451, 100 per door versus the average transaction price was 367, 900 per door. But again, price per square foot is really what we're focused on. So we're looking at spread there of about 53%, 53%, which is what will contribute to the days on market number growing. So if you remember, 456 a foot is what the average REO is asking prices per unit, excuse me, per square foot versus the ones that traded, traded 299 square foot. So I would I would venture to guess, unless buyers decide suddenly that REOs are something that they want, you're probably gonna have to see the sellers, i.e. the lenders of the bank, start to cut the price per square foot in order to generate some activity. Now, how many REOs traded in Miami-Dade County uh, monthly in 2022? Look at just under 13, roughly 13 REOs traded per month. How to come up with that number. I took the 153 that traded divided by the 12, which is 12 months in 2022. That's why I come up with um, roughly 13 units per month. If I take that number, I divide it. What's currently in the market, which is 20. I will come up with 1.6 months supply, 1.6 months supply, which as we all know, six months is equilibrium, more than six months is the buyer's market. But of course, this is a seller's market for REO. Why is that? Just to remind you once again, no bank wants to flood the market with all its products so that banks will release the product slowly in order to bolster pricing. So that's an overview of what's going on in the stress market in miami Gate County. Um, for distressed condos in terms of reos and short sales hope you enjoyed that we're going to take a commercial break other side of the break we will get into the rental market in miami day
0: don't buy a south florida condo discounted or distressed before taking a condo vultures correction tour condovultures.com offers weekly bus and walking tours that focus on educating buyers on the how-tos of identifying discounted condos analyzing the opportunities and purchasing units. Every tour attendee receives a list of all condo projects in a particular market, a market assessment handout, and unmatched expert analysis. For more information on the condo correction tours, please visit condovultures.eventbrite.com.
1: Welcome back to Miami Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalisti from Condo Vultures. Let me remind you, if you have any comments for us, you have any questions, send in, uh, an email to inquiry@condovultures.com. at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Yeah. You can leave comments at the bottom of this particular podcast, especially if you are on YouTube, where our handle is Condo Vultures TV. So for this particular segment, we're going to talk about the rental market. I will tell you, when you're talking about rental data, um, most of it is sketchy. None of it is reliable. All of it is the equivalent of licking your finger, holding it up, and trying to guess which way the wind blows. Now, why do I say that? And where am I coming from and saying that? Well, one way to keep in mind is if you do a real estate transaction in terms of AC, there is um, typically a deed, which is recorded with clerk of the court in each of the counties in Florida. And when this deed is recorded, there are fees that are paid to the local government and to the state government. And as a result of the fees being paid, you're also going to have a public record. You're going to have something that anybody and everybody can go ahead and take a look at. And when we talk about rentals, there are no fees that are paid to the local government, per, generally speaking. Now, there might be municipalities that put into place some sort of tax, Whatever the case may be, but generally speaking, they're not put in place and there's no public record. There's nothing you can actually uh, pull up. You can't go to the clerk of courts. You can't find it. You can't verify the data. So, generally speaking, the only information you're going to find on a rental will be whatever that realtor says when the information is put into the MLS to update it. But again, not all properties are listed in the MLS that 100, that 200, that 300, that 400 unit complex. The owners are not going to be paying a realtor to go ahead and rent each of those units, looking at a 10% uh, annual uh, commission based on the gross rent that's collected. So that's not going to happen. Therefore, because no commission is paid, that product is not included in the MLS. And because there's no government record required and no taxes required, therefore, there's no way to get your hands on any kind of legitimate, solid rental down. So anytime you see a report talking about the rental market and what's really going on, I would tell you, Take it with a grain of salt, don't necessarily rely on it. It's it's a good way to guess sentiment, but it's not necessarily accurate. Uh, it's not something to trade off of. It's sort of like a buy of the rumor, trade of the news type of concept. You're hoping, but you don't really necessarily know what's going on. Now, the other thing that goes on with the rental market that's important to keep in mind is uh landlords in South Florida rent on a variety of different durations. Some might rent by the night, some might rent by the week, some might rent by the month, some might rent by the year. And as a result of that, to go ahead and try to pull data, which has comparable types of information, it would be a lot of heavy lifting. But given the fact that the rental data is sketchy to begin with and not that reliable, we made a decision not to go with averages, which is what i what we've used on all of the segments prior to all the statistics. So with the rental data, what we're going to do is we're simply going to take anything that's out there that's listed and we're going to take the median number. The median will be the number right in the middle. So it's going to give us a ballpark idea of what's going on. It's not going to be a lot of heavy lifting on my part and on uh, my team's part to pull the data, but it will give you some sort of perspective of what's happening. Why is rental information uh, important? Many of you probably bought your condo as a primary residence or you bought it as a second home or a vacation home and you don't really care about renting it out. However, things change. Life changes, jobs change, marriages change, family changes, health changes, all that changes. So from our perspective, it's always important to have a good understanding of what's going on in the rental market just in case... Um, you might try to rent out your unit And another good way or another reason to know, understand what the rental market is, is that 1% rule. Typically a 1% rule is if you are an investor, you're gonna look what the purchase price is and you ought to be able to collect 1% of that purchase price per month in the form of rent. So, for instance, a $100,000 place ought to generate about $1,000 a month in rent. This is a good way to get an understanding of, of how out of whack or how much in line rents are compared to the value of a property. So a $500,000 place in theory ought to generate five grand in rent. If it doesn't, it, then it suggests that maybe this isn't the right price you ought to be paying, or if you're generating more than that 500000 dollars $5,000 a month in rent, other than that example for $500,000 place, therefore maybe the place is actually worth a lot more and you're not charging enough in terms of rent. So it's just a rule of thumb. It's a good way to sort of get an understanding what's happening, but rental information is important just to keep you apprised of what's happening. So you can go ahead and you can figure out, okay, what do I want to do? if I get into a situation where my plans have changed, if my intent has changed. So uh, again, we're gonna deal with median numbers and And rental information is important because you basically need to know what's going on. There's, you can't have enough information, especially when you're an investment like real estate, where one wrong move, it takes you not days or minutes to get out of it, but it could actually take you months and years to get out of it, depending on where the market's going. So let's talk about the rental information in Miami County. Currently, 6,460 places are for rent, 6,460. What are these places? Well, they're basically anything except a single-family house, anything except single-family. So what would they be comprised of? That's going to include apartments, condos, efficiencies, multifamily, and townhouses, with the common denominator being a realtor's involved and the commission's being paid. 6,460, the median, member media, median, the number right in the middle, not the average, the median asking price for one of these rentals in Miami-Dade County. $3,800 a month, $3,800 a month. What's the median price per square foot? Monthly, $3.85 a square foot per month, $3.85 square foot per month. Those rentals that are on the market today, they've been there on median basis, 39 days, 39 days and counting. What about pending rentals? These are the places that were listed. They're now under contract and they have not yet been completed. We got 2,000 that are pending, 2,000 that are pending. The median asking price uh, for those units when they went pending, $2,800 a month, $2,800 a month, or... $2.90 a square foot per month, $2.90 a square foot per month. And how long, many days have these uh, pending uh, rentals? How many days have been listed and pending? 23 days, 23 days. Remember, 39 days is what those that are actively for at least today, versus 23 that are currently pending. And then finally, in 2022, how many places were rented in Miami County? 26,970, 26,970. Let's round it off, we'll call it 27,000. Uh, what was the median lease price per month? $28.50, $28.50 a month on a median basis. And a median price for square foot? $3.14 a square foot per month. $3.14 a square foot per month. In those places that were leased in 2022, how many days did it take to lease? 23 days. Remember, um, canary in a coal mine in sentiment is days on market. So in 2022, a landlord needed 23 days to lease a place if they were using a realtor. the property was in the mls today those places that are for rent they've been there 39 days and counting so even once they go pending there's still going to be days that are going to be required in order to uh to be completed so you're looking at the number of days in the market being double what it was in 2022 and we're at the peak of the winter buying season so that should tell you there's a disconnect going on on the rental market now what about the spreads being sought per month versus the, the the median price of a lease that occurred in 2022 well it's about 33%, about 33%. Remember, 3,800 is what's being sought on the median basis. Miami-Dade County for a rental versus the deals they got done. 2,850 is what they got done. So we are out of whack from a price per uh, door basis monthly on a median basis in Miami-Dade County. What about price per square foot? Well, median ask was $3.85. The median transaction price in 2022 was $3.14. So we're looking at about a 23% um, spread, 23% spread. Again, 20%, you typically will generate some offers. So it looks at, as if on a price per square foot basis, these landlords are moving closer to trying to get a deal done. The problem is the days on market is so much higher that that suggests you'll probably see more and more landlords start to cut their prices in order to get a place filled, especially since we're already past the peak of the winter buying season and we're moving into the hot and humid hurricane days that typically ramp up they begin in may they get hotter in june it gets worse in july august and september everybody's uh, crying bloody murder because it's so uncomfortable for some so keep that in mind we're probably looking uh, it probably looks as if we've been past the peak of the rental work in miami Dade county at least uh based on the pandemic and everything else that's gone forward looking at the statistics now how many places were were rented per month in miami Gate county in 2022 Looks like about two thousand two hundred forty-eight per month. Two thousand two hundred forty-eight. How did I come up with that? I took the, the completed leases, which were just under twenty-seven thousand. I divided it by the twelve, and that's all I'm coming up with. My twenty-two forty-eight per month. That is my my velocity, my my transaction pace. If I take that that number of leases per month, which is twenty-two forty-eight, I divided what's currently in the market, which is six thousand four hundred sixty. I'm going to come up with two point nine months supply. Two point nine months supply. Remember, six months is equilibrium. Anything greater than six months is a renter's market. Well, this clearly is a landlord's market based on months of supply. However, what you're looking at with the days on market growing and being way out of whack with how many days it took to lease the place in 2022, and you look at the, uh, how little of a premium is ultimately being sought on a price per square foot basis, median price per square foot basis, it suggests that the rental market's getting soft. And even though this is currently a landlord's market, I would anticipate as we go forward again, as the hot and humid hurricane days tell, you're probably going to see some real price erosion by uh, of rental properties in Miami-Dade County going forward. So that's a wrap-up of the Miami-Dade County condo market based on 2022 data. It's also a good uh, uh, glimpse into what's going on at the peak of the winter buying season in South Florida. I would remind you, we do these condo market analysis weekly. We take a look at different uh, market each and every week. If you want to take a look at the data, simply go into the description of this particular podcast, or you can go to condovulturesrealty.com, condovulturesrealty.com, where there you will find Market Intelligence Prompt. Click on that. All the data will will be laid out for you. And if you decide to watch this podcast, uh, rather than listen on traditional uh, formats and platforms such as Apple and Google and Acre, uh, if you go to a platform such as Spotify, you can actually watch it. We'll embed the charts into the particular discussions or you can go to YouTube where our handle is Vultures TV, count of Vultures TV. You can actually watch this particular podcast. Again, if you have any questions for us, please send an email to inquire at convultures.com. I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com Until next week, I hope you take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Peter Zalisti. Ciao, ciao.